0: Welcome to Bible of a Bruise, deep thoughts fermented over time and text. I come Aaron, Crude Juice Faverca, your host, and I've got Gumby. Hey, what's up? Hey, Father Brown. Hi, how are you? Good. good, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. By the way, wonderful Mass today.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks I've very much. So. i thoroughly enjoyed it. Any Mass where Jesus becomes present in the Holy, in the Holy Eucharist is a wonderful Mass, so it's I great.
0: I agree. <laughs> Gumby, how you doing?
2: Hey, I'm good. Good. Looking forward to tonight.
0: Tonight's gonna to be fun. We're going to do a review of Marian apparitions.
2: <laughs> I am going to be a somewhat honorary skeptic since I'm not since I'm not Catholic, so I'll I'll, I'll bring the questions. Good, that's X great. Good. questions,
0: okay. especially since we couldn't get George here. That's so right. slacker.
1: <laughs> well, inappropriate enough. We had a may crowning today at mass.
2: That's
0: right. Yes. So
1: we crowned our Blessed Mother. You know, we have an image of her, and a couple of the, the school children came up and placed a crown on her head, and we sang uh, this. Uh, People call it a hokey hymn. I think it's a beautiful hymn. Mary, crown thee with flowers today. It's beautiful. I
0: thought it was lovely.
1: I think it's great, too. But some people say, what a hokey hymn that is. And, <laughs> but uh, it's beautiful. And so, you know, and and, and and certainly you're referencing right from the start that we don't worship Mary. We don't, you know, pray to Mary. We pray for her intercession as the greatest intercessor of them all.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. That's that that awesome. is good clarification for us Protestants. <laughs> just <laughs> get it right out there. Get, all right, take it off the table. I can't attack it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: all right. We're going to start out with our first brew. It's going to be Masthead's Pils. This is a clean yet hoppy German-style Pilsner. It is crisp and drinkable, but it has just enough dry hop character. It's an ABV of 5.0 and an IBU of 40 mastheads
2: right. nothing but good things to say about them and their beer they've been consistent. awesome Very every consistent. time
1: this might be my first masthead okay oh okay. i mean okay i'm kind of a pbr guy okay. so <laughs> <Okay.
0: All right. laughs> nothing wrong with that
1: cheers so this is my cheers. first masthead so cheers. i'm <laughs> happy about this that's good
0: thank you yeah they're downtown mm, oh like you said consistent yeah they're oh, it's um, nice yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. summer like it reminds, it reminds me of summer yeah it's got a nice draw mm-hmm. um i like it because they have a very diverse amount of flavor if you go down to their uh, to their brewery they have like a fantastic uh jalapeno ipa oh my gosh yeah. wow yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but doesn't
1: yeah. kill you right i mean it's not spice it's not too spicy it's just is, undercurrents uh, it's of spi- not spicy
0: at all right yeah it's it has the jalapeno flavor Oh, how about that? Yeah, it's great. No, they do have the sweet heat, and sweet heat is habanero and mango. Uh, that one's a little uh. bit spicy. <laughs> well, well, this is
2: good. They also have a campfire. Campfire. Something that has a smoke flavor to it. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Really good. Really wow.
0: Good. I've never been down there. I'll have to get down there sometime. So. And great
2: pizza yeah. out of the oven, brick oven. Yes.
0: Really? Yeah, quite enjoyable. I've already been down there several times. Wow. We, were, we featured them on the show, what, twice? Probably at least yeah. At least, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: this would have been really good with pizza tonight. Mid-ward, oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is it? <laughs> night's Young Father, the
0: Night's Young Man. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how late we've gone before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, which episode was it where we did the, uh, I think it was one of the Skeptics' Corners where we're like, yeah, it's will be about an hour. And we went, what, three? <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, if we let George get rolling. I mean. <laughs> right. He well, loves- I, don't, I
1: don't know if anybody can see, but the clock here has not been changed for Daylight Savings Time, so that's to fool me, I believe. That's really only 10 to 6, not 10 to 7. You're on, so.
0: you're on to us. Yeah, well, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I know your tricks. <laughs> so we did want to bring up, we had a, a company, Rugged Rosaries, that actually sent us some free rosaries. Awesome. Because we told them about the podcast. And I wanted to bring this up because these are really cool, so this one here, wow, is actually made with paracord.
1: yes, I've seen
0: these. I've seen these before, <laughs> absolutely.
1: I have a just a one decade rugged rosary. They gave them out at the radio station the rock uh last fall for their spirit drive, not the whole thing like this. This is nice, yeah, very nice. I mean this feels like you know you're praying with something that it. It's got the power of our Lord and our Savior and our Blessed Mother's prayers behind it.
0: I'm telling you. Yeah. And they have uh their their full lifetime warranties. They're you back. See that there you go. And then this is their uh their version of the World War One battle beads. Oh yeah, look at
1: that. Yeah. yeah. I have something real similar to that that I that I carry too, that, that is made by a different company, but the same type of uh you know, same type of thing. It looks like um Oh, the old fashioned light switch, you know, right, right there. You yeah, mm-hmm. that ceiling fan you have—the old fashioned ceiling
0: fan. Yep, the pull string rosaries. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah,
1: so that's what I have. With that's mine very too, cool. So. Yeah, that's that's that
0: looks like so carry, I carry. I carry. Right. <laughs> I carry one with me as well. That's the one you blessed. Oh, look at that. That's is that a, that's a rugged rosary. Actually, this one is from um, Combat Gear. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one's from. Oh, uh, uh, what's the name of the company? Roman Catholic. Yeah, gear. This, that's where this one's from. Okay, yeah. So, so that's where
1: this one is from. Yes, and then the same Saint Benedict medal on there. Yep, they have, and then they added a uh, medal on mine for uh, the police. So oh, very cool. Yeah, they added a medal on for the police. So like, it's with a Saint Michael on one side, and then the police badge on the other. It says "serve and protect" because yeah, I serve as their chaplain on
2: both. But very cool. I don't know what they are. Is that the Virgin Mary on one?
0: Yes, and on then. Both? Well, the and other why? one is the Saint, Saint uh, Benedictine uh, medal.
2: Okay, explain that. What does that
1: mean? <laughs> why on each one, Father? <laughs> so uh, you know the the, the um, Saint Benedict medal, the Benedictine medal is a very powerful medal, and 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 has been shown to um, been shown to have numerous miracles associated with it. And if I were really really good, I could tell you what it says around the perimeter, and it means something very special. And I could tell you on the back what the what the writing says too, but um, that would require me to put on my glasses and <laughs> study very much. This uh, it is a it's a power Saint Benedict is is you know the father of monasticism and, and, and in some ways and is also uh, the patron saint of Europe and mm-hmm. um, has been a powerful intercessor throughout the ages. So uh, uh, there there are cool. great there are great. Um, blessings associated with the Benedictine uh metal and so you see on this one um let I me mean, show this here like this or oh yeah okay just look right at bruce lee there you go so if you see on this one the metal is part of the crucifix that's what's different about that one see yeah it's inside the crucifix okay on the other ones it's it's uh then this has just a miraculous metal attached to it so yeah. now very cool thanks rugged rosaries those
0: nice yeah um. yeah it was actually it was kind of funny because when i bought this I started Googling. And I was like, I wonder if anybody else makes them. And that's how I found wow. Rugged Rosary. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. That's nice. So, and these are the, the small uh, decades they make right. to carry with you. I tested one. I've had one in my pocket. Uh, it's actually my work pants. Um, for a couple of weeks, they held up. So that's good to hear. it's held up very well. That's good so, to hear. This
2: is all nice, but <laughs> <laughs> Our, on, on the evangelical side, we have, what would Jesus do? Bracelets. Cotton oh, yeah. and spandex. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, 60% cotton, 40% spandex. <laughs> <laughs> but see, then the question, you know, always comes up. Right. So, like, then, you know, like, kids
1: will, those are really popular. Yeah, and the right, kids right. will all have them, right? And they would say, like, well, you know,
2: would Jesus recycle? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. I don't know. <laughs> Right, uh, we like to think maybe, right? They always come off at convenient times, too, you know. <laughs> yes, right, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they did in my case. <laughs> yes, here are the lions,
0: and I'm just going to take this off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, going over our apparitions, I was surprised at how precise the church is on making sure that they are approved. Um, there was, I think it was 295 that have been submitted to, um, the Vatican. Only 12 have been approved. So I was really surprised on that. It was, uh, they go through and I have a list here. They talk about how many conversions, theological analysis of the message of the apparitions, medical and psychological review of the seer or visionary, Including his or her educational background, an examination of his or her spiritual life, uh, his or her level of communion with the church, and miraculous healings, among among other things. So it's they go over all of that. But they have had uh, 295 submissions. Um, the latest one that was approved was Our Lady of Loss. Um, she's not in tonight's show, but <laughs> but um, I was really really surprised. At how much scrutiny these go through? Mm-hmm.
2: How, how long it's, has
0: that been happening for for the miracle? I mean, how long have they
2: had a process
0: like that? Well, I know that, for example, it was in the 1800s for lords.
1: Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the granddaddy or grandmama, whatever <laughs> okay. of yeah. of apparitions. Okay. For me, you know, I, I I I love the you know the kind of the very logical, objective mm-hmm. analysis of it, but For me, part of what I use is when I say, is this an apparition that, you know, because apparitions are private revelation. As a Catholic, we don't have to believe them. Uh, We don't have to follow them. But the church has approved them and offers them for private devotion. So if you're a Catholic, you don't have to say, gosh, I have to follow and believe what happened at Lourdes. So when I'm looking at, you know, what apparitions do I want to look at? And the ones that have not been approved by the church, to me, tend to overwhelmingly be somewhere our blessed mother talks incessantly so where she has messages for 20 30 years she keeps appearing to these children talking again and again and again and i said our blessed mother hardly talked in in scripture you know her, her last words are i think in, in luke chapter 2 and it says do whatever he tells you those are her last words in right. scripture shouldn't say anything else the rest of sacred scripture so then when when we have the, some people who are saying oh mary has another message for us she's going to talk to us again that's my skeptic flag goes up.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right, that's fair. And mine did too. And and that's that's what prompted me to even want to do this episode because especially coming from the Protestant background, it's like how much of this do I want to invest myself in? I mean, is this going to be beneficial for me? Is this actually part of the journey? So I had to answer all those questions for myself. And again, I was blown away by everything I went through. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Um, in fact, we'll, we'll jump up here to our first one because it's a little-known one, believe it or not. Um, our Lady of Las Lajas. So it happened over in Colombia, um, uh, 1754, and it was Maria Miosas from De Quinones. Her child was sick, and um, they had gone through... A uh, a small passage. I'll read part of this because it's really interesting. So uh, back in the 18th century, Maria Musas de Quenones, a local woman from the village of Potosi, Colombia, often walked the six miles between her village and the neighboring one of Ipales. One day in 1754, as she was making the journey with her daughter Rosa, they approached the place called Las Lajas, which means the rocks where the trail passes through a deep gorge of the Guitarra River. Maria never liked this part of the trail because there were rumors that a cave in Las Lajas was haunted. Such superstitions re-ma- well, remained among the converted Christian Indians. Unexpectedly, a storm started spying a cave ahead. Maria anxiously entered it. While invoking the protection of the Virgin of the Rosary, she suddenly felt someone touching her shoulder. And that's when she, she ran off again well days later needing to follow the same route again maria was carrying her deaf mute daughter rosa on her back by the time she had climbed to las lajas she was weary and sat on a rock to rest the child got down from her back to play the next thing maria knew rosa was at the cave shouting mommy there is a woman in here with a boy in her arms maria became very frightened this was the first time she'd ever heard her daughter speak She didn't see the figures that the girl was talking about, nor did she want to. She grabbed the child and ran on to Ipalis. I'm sure I butchered that. (laughs) When she told people what happened, nobody at first took her seriously. However, as the news spread, some asked if it was true. After all, the child was now able to speak. A few days later Rosa disappeared from home after looking everywhere the anguished Maria realized that her daughter must have gone to the cave. Little Rosa often said that the woman was calling her. Maria ran to Los Lajas and found her daughter, kneeling in front of a splendid woman and playing affectionately with a child who had come down from his mother's arms to let the girl enjoy his divine tenderness. Maria fell to her knees before this beautiful spectacle in reverence and admiration. She knew now that she was seeing the Blessed Virgin and Jesus. Fearful of ridicule, Maria kept quiet about the event, but frequently she and Rosa went to the cave to place wild flowers and candles in the cracks of the rocks. The months went by with Maria and Rosa keeping their secret, however one day the girl fell gravely ill and died. A distraught Maria decided to take her daughter's body to Las Lajas to ask Our Lady to restore Rosa to life. Pressed by the sadness of Maria's unrelenting supplications, the Blessed Virgin obtained Rosa's resurrection from her divine son. Young Rosa awoke in perfect health. Overflowing with joy, Maria went home. It didn't take long for a crowd to gather. Friends and neighbors who had seen the child without life were now overwhelmed with awe at this latest miracle. Early the next morning, everyone went to Las Lajas, each one wanting to check the details for themselves. And that was when the marvelous picture of Our Lady on the wall of the grotto was discovered. Maria Mius de Quinones could not recall ever noticing it until then. Her delicate and regal features are those of a Latin American, perhaps an Indian. Her abundant black hair covers her like a mantle. Her eyes sparkle with pure and friendly glow. She looks about fourteen years old. The Indians had no doubt. This was their queen. So I'm going to show you the picture now because it's really fascinating. Um, The uh, Colombian countryside recognized this before the Vatican did. Uh, The bishop obviously fighting for it because this was an amazing event. So that is the cathedral. Oh, I've seen that. Which is now a- Not in person. Right. (laughs) It's, It's now a minor basilica in Colombia. It's built right into the wall of the, uh, of the cliff because that's actually where the cave is. Mm. And uh, that is the image that is imbued into the rock. Now, in order to find out just how deep uh, this miracle was, they did have geologists come out, and they took samples off of the front of the rock. There is no pigment. There is no anything there's there's no paint there's no there's nothing that is the rock what yeah and then the geologist actually bored several feet through the rock it goes through the rock that image goes through the rock
2: i need a little more of my pilsner (laughs) (laughs) and it's never faded i'm sure it's
0: never faded yes yeah so and, and that's why this is such a miracle so I won't go into all the symbolism because kind of like our Lady of Guadalupe, which we'll right. talk about here shortly, um, she's wearing a lot of symbolism for the uh, the Colombian people. So that, again, we'll uh, we'll spend some episodes going over this because in the near future, we could spend one whole episode on what is actually in that picture. <laughs> Who
1: would be the two men then?
0: So... Over there on the right is uh, St. Francis. Right. And then on the left is uh, St. Dominic. Okay, that's and, who I guessed,
1: but I wasn't sure of their significance.
0: They didn't know because, again, it just appeared. Now, for them, hmm. they found that it was significant that she is handing the rosary to St. Dominic. Right. So the crowns came later. That was That was officially declared... Um, by the church. So the church said that they could go ahead and apply the crowns.
1: And those are so, painted on there? Or?
0: Um, if I recall right, they're actually uh, put onto the rock, glued onto the rock. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was amazing. But yeah, that goes, it actually goes through the rock. It's in the rock itself.
2: And so this is accessible to the people yeah. of Columbia?
0: Yeah. If you go to Columbia, you can stand right in front of that right now. Wow. Yeah.
1: I, I, have su- I have a suggestion for your podcast. Okay. Well, you need some sound effects. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You can add those later. Yeah. So when he was, <clears throat> there were some very dramatic moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some very dramatic music. Right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. We have done that before. We I mean, have. That's good. I like that. But so no, no, this is amazing. This is. I was not familiar with this apparition. I, and what's interesting about this apparition is that have to reflect upon the apparitions I'm most familiar with but none of them seem to have the uh kind of the resurrection or the bringing to life of someone who had died yeah I don't know of not in Guadalupe not in Lourdes not in Fatima not in Cabajo, not in Akita I mean so that's very interesting yeah. to have this as part of that apparition that she uh brought a child back to life you know again her intercession Brought the child back to life right
0: yeah and it's it's remarkable in the fact they appeared bodily to them first right before the appearance of her in the rock
1: right but you know that and again that's very common with Guadalupe and that's saying again we'll talk about with Guadalupe but that she would also appear very much like the people of that native native area
0: I found that really interesting because wherever she's appeared around the world she assumes the race of the people in that land right i found that really yeah. fascinating yeah
1: how big is that do you have any um, idea how you know, big it is I, we're trying to i'm trying to look to see so if i were to stand next to that
0: i i've been told that they're life size oh okay. so i would have to assume each one of those is four five to six feet okay so that's but yeah. beautiful Oh, it's and amazing. I'm glad to know about that. I did
1: not know about that.
2: So you're saying that even before the church, the Catholic church, accepted this as le- legitimate, I don't know if that's the right word, yeah. it went through a process mm-hmm. of all that stuff you were showing. So It does. Even even the leadership itself starts off with skepticism until it passes there. Absolutely. That's great.
0: Well, that's what I found fascinating is that consistently— the church is the biggest skeptic mm-hmm. you know and that yeah. which is good it's good because what they do is they take that and they they want to make sure that this is you know legitimately from god so that way you're not spear, smearing his name right so i thought that was you know upstanding <laughs> so now let's touch on lords so lords is interesting um, I don't know if you want to shed some light on this, but Lords, Lords is, is interesting.
1: It certainly is. And so, you know, again, some similarities with uh, uh, Las Lajas is that um, the Blessed Virgin Mary appears to this poor shepherd girl, uh, Bernadette, Bernadette Subaru. And that um, she often appears to either children or people, you know, uh, Bernadette was thought not to be very smart. And she was known to be kind of you know, slow. I I would guess would be how she might be described. Probably more uh, other terms, but, but probably slow. So uh, it appeared to her, um, and she was told to to that to get water to to find this grotto of the spring, and she dug through this dirt and found this water. This this beautiful lady had told her to do this, and when she dug this, you know, through this dirt this water bubbled up and then they learned that this water had healing properties. Mm, mm. And so she went back and she said, I saw this beautiful woman and there's a spring and all this other stuff. And they dismissed her because she was a young girl. She might've been in her teens. And again, was not not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And they said, oh, Bernadette, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then uh, when she went again, this woman who Bernadette never identified as the Blessed Virgin Mary because she just said it was a beautiful woman. This woman said, tell them that I am the Immaculate Conception. Okay, so this was what, 1840, 1858, right? Yeah. 1858. And when she said that, Bernadette went back and said, they said to say that, uh, that she is the, immac- the Immaculate Conception. And there's no way that Bernadette could have known that because it was some advanced theological teaching and it was not... Fully accepted as a dogma of the Catholic Church until um, after that. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was 1850 then.
0: I believe so. Yeah, it was yeah. very
1: close to that time. Yeah. So it was well known, but it was not officially accepted by the church at that point in time, not as a dogma. A dogma is, yeah. is a, mm-hmm. a tenet of the faith that we have right. to believe. So uh, Bernadette, you know, had, there's no way she would have known that. There's no way. Mm. And that for her to know that, um, that convinced them. And then since then, there have been numerous recorded miracles with uh, Our Lady of Lords at, at the shrine there. Beautiful shrine, and um, people go. The The spring waters come into this. Um, I've never been, but they come into this area where you go into this freezing water, and it's a lot of sick people. A lot of people are suffering from various infirmities, and there, some are healed, some are not, but there have been... I don't know what your research showed. It was, how many healings well, it's, did this
0: show? So, so there's, uh, this is where it gets a little bit weird. So, but in a good way. <laughs> over 7,000 miracles have occurred over at Lourdes. Um, 69 of them have been verified under a very particular set of rules. Um, what's really cool is that, so the the church actually set up, this is early on, this is early on in the 1880s. Um, they set up a, I think it was, I think it was what, 1883, I think it was, they set up a, uh, a council, and they're stationed there at lords, and uh, they're, they're doctors and they're scientists, and they examine every miracle. And they've documented 63 that they say are very, very stringent guidelines. They, and they're not all Catholic. Oh, no, no, no. no. i was going to be my next yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> it has to So their stipulations, it has to happen immediately. Yeah. It has to be lifelong and uh what was the last one. The last one was, and I think it has to be it has to be life-changing. I think those are the 3 that it has to abide by. So, now they have they did confess that a lot of the miracles happened after people left. And that, and they don't include right. and they don't include miracles where they take the water to people. And they said that that that, that happens as well. When they bring the water back from the lords and they put it on people, they also do heal. They don't include those either. So, there's over 7,000 miracles that have been professed there, but by their guidelines, there's 69 that are verified to go through all the stinger protocols.
2: Mm.
0: So, but, and, and, and I even have a government paper. I pulled it. Our government actually did a study on Lords. Really? Yeah. I, never, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I have it now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, why, why would they want to do that? I don't know, but they did. So, when, when, when was that? Oh, shoot. I have to look again. I have it. I'll send it to you.
2: Okay, that's right. Just curious.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I want to say it was in the fifties. Okay. So, but I thought that was fascinating that they actually Absolutely. sent somebody there to examine all the paperwork and go through it and then re-examine all the claims. And sure enough, they verified that it's true. It's interesting. Now, mind you, their terminology is a little different. Right. Like they say, well. It's unexplained. It's unexplainable. Right. So they don't want to say that it's a miracle, but at the very end, it does say that Lords is consistently a place that is good for science and religion. So, and that's a paper right from our government. So, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was not aware of that. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, I find it's really interesting. And again, the message that you know echoes down with each one of these is is always. Fascinating.
1: Certainly, this is probably most well-known because of, I'm bad with years, 1948 (laughs) movie, uh, Song of Bernadette. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a movie from the late 40s, I believe, called Song of Bernadette, and it's a very dramatic presentation of this story and and won several Academy Awards that same year, and this got to be very well-known, and usually around her feast day uh, for the Our Lady of Lords on February 11th, you'll see various... Networks uh, rebroadcasting this movie song of Bernadette. That's a nice. It's a very engaging movie. It's very sweet. It's That's nice cool. Movie. That's
0: mm. really cool. Yeah, there was uh, Napoleon the Third actually did barricade this grotto because there was so much going on around it. He wanted to make sure that people weren't getting hurt or being misled. Wow. Or um, his son got sick, deathly sick, and uh, somebody brought him water from Lord's. It cured him. And wow. so he opened the grotto back up. How about that? <laughs> yeah. That's that a great story. Yeah. I didn't it's know cool. that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. Like I said, we can spend a lot more time on these. We're just going to briefly go over That's this a little good. bit. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, if I go Guadalupe alone, I have several hundred pages. It's amazing. Sure. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we, don't, uh, we don't have
2: that much beer, Aaron.
1: <laughs> when, is, when is the German apparition? German beer, German apparition?
0: We need one. We need one.
1: <laughs> I like well, that. I mean, so I thought maybe with the German beer, we might have a German apparition, which I'm not familiar with one.
0: I'm not. Okay. Now I'm going to research. <laughs> yeah. This is good German beer, though. It's mm. very good. Wow. I like it. It It's it's flavorful. Mm-hmm. It's light, but it still carries a robust palate. Yeah,
2: yeah full so, body, yeah. Yeah. And it's consistent all the way down.
0: All the way down. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so again... I love this, and it even says right here where it um, where I was talking about the doctors. It even says the doctors affiliated with the Grotto in 1883. Pope Pius X formally constituted the medical bureau we now today know today in 1905. So that's when it came to fruition.
1: That's great. So yeah.
0: So it and his reasoning again was awesome because he wanted to make sure that nobody was biased, and mm, that's why that's he right. that's why he commissioned it. So these are are completely secular, or as far as they know, completely secular doctors and scientists that do the examinations. So I think it's awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the skeptical side of me would say that there's incentive to want to legitimize every claim. Right. But when I see the numbers the other way, saying that, no, we have a process. It's got to meet all these guidelines, and so only very few make it. That sure makes it hard to refute. Yeah. You know, it kind of clips my wings there. <laughs> and,
1: and I think what's great about this is that it does lay out, you know, kind of a paper trail for this. Mm-hmm. So there are numerous people who will discount the miracles of Jesus Christ in the, in the Bible. Sure. Yeah. You know, and they'll talk about, you know, oh, that, that boy that was possessed by a demon— well, really, he was epileptic, and he was having an epileptic fit when he was throwing himself around, throwing himself into a fire, all these things. Yeah, and that Jesus just just uh, helped him with his epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of people you can justify anything, but when you set up a board like that with a paper trail, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's that's good evidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and they do make all the records uh, available to all doctors and scientists worldwide. So which is really cool. And again, many more miracles have happened there outside of those sixty nine. It's just that it didn't meet those criteria of of it happening immediately, Mm. of it being on site, you know, of it et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that if it the miracle happened during that, because they like I said they admit inside of the report that people did get better after leaving. So but they don't count those because it wasn't immediate. Right. So So there's many more miracles that happened there outside the 69, but it didn't meet their criteria. Okay. So So, it's really cool. <laughs> um let's move on to a fascinating one. <laughs> Our Lady of Guadalupe. This is probably one of my favorites. It's mind-blowing. I didn't realize how deep this was. Um I currently have a uh a 200-page um journal on this one. <laughs> It's it's wow. it's in depth, and I also have another another two hundred pa- uh, page one on um, our Lady of Akita.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> but this one is certainly is more popular uh, because she is the patroness of the Americas, and so there's a lot of devotion that's developed to Our Lady of Guadalupe.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot more I didn't realize about her. I mean, a lot more. Um, for example the uh aztecs and the mayans they they enjoyed human sacrifice mm-hmm. they would sacrifice twenty thousand on average and then on larger feast uh, years up to eighty thousand it was uh it was quite popular in the south america ouch at, at one point uh the the priests were actually trying to minister to them and they included the priests in the sacrifices. <laughs> what happens? <laughs>
1: Yeah, get too close to the fire, you get burned.
0: <laughs> right. Um, what's amazing is it stopped at Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's when the human sacrifices stopped. Yeah, it actually coincides with her appearances. You mean uh, the
2: human sacrificing stopped?
0: Okay. During Our Lady of the Guadalupe, people stopped doing it. Yeah,
2: and has since stopped.
0: Yeah, it stopped at Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's when it stopped. Huge dramatic music. <laughs> <laughs> That's I didn't I, I found an arc when I was researching this which showed the dates when it was when it stopped and I was like, Oh wow, that does coincide. That's yeah. amazing. Um and to their credit, the conquistadors were trying to put an end to it, but they just you know, obviously people kept doing what they were gonna do. Right. But it was during her appearances when not a single one after that was ever recorded again. So mm yeah so again fascinating um and she is the one of the most talked about it was in fifteen thirty one um let's see juan Diego was the one that that uh she came to so Juan Diego was attracted to the apparition since he, since he heard beautiful bird songs flowers and songs represent the full truth to the Aztec Indians uh Mary told him to tell the bishop to build a chapel where he was standing, so there's a some brief overviews for us right there. Uh, Juan Diego, um, who was canonized now uh, by St. John Paul II. Yes. yeah,
1: December 9th. That's his yeah. feast day.
0: So he was canonized. Um, he was the first one, actually, wasn't he, in, uh, in the Native Americans? I think
1: you're right. I, think, I believe you're right, yes.
0: Yeah. And uh, he did obey, and he did go to the bishop. The bishop, because... Bishops are very busy. He he could not venture out with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with this story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the cool thing is, is that she did then appear again to him. Um, I'm going to cut this story a little bit, a little bit short because there's some fun stuff inside the story. Um, and and uh, many people are familiar with the story.
1: And been fun, yeah. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> so. Um, When Our Lady appeared to him, um, again, to make sure that she could uh, give him the message to take to the bishop, uh, she poured flowers into his tilma and uh, told him to take that, after arranging them inside of there, to take that to him and not let anybody see it except for the bishop. So she did, or he did rather, and uh, he got there and unveiled it, and as the flowers fell out, the image was imbued right into uh, the cape, Mm -hmm. the cloth. So now that has lasted for 500 years. It's still here. It's still in perfect condition. It still hasn't faded. And those are made from simple agave fibers. So that should have maybe lasted 10 years, maybe 10 years. Right. And Hmm. 500 years later, it's still here. And what's really fascinating about this is that during, what was I think, it was the 1780s, when they tried to bomb the uh the, the cathedral, it the fires lit up, I mean complete explosions. Uh the metal cross that was right next to the tilma melted, actually melted over, and the tilma was untouched. Wow. So the fires could not consume it.
2: Hmm.
0: It's fascinating. Uh, the only the only damage it has ever sustained so far is one person dropped some acid into the one corner, which should have dissolved it, and all it did was cause a slight decoloration up in the right hand corner. So again, it's it's here, five hundred five hundred years later, surviving age, surviving you know everything from bugs to explosions to. Oh, well, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. So when you when you when you consider that image and just the beautiful image that it is and the fact that it's um set up you know it's it's of those of the native people you know so it represents just like in las Lajas and and in other places it represents the native people and then the other miracles within the image itself is that um you know in the eyes you saw probably the the information about the eyes that when they when they zeroed in and took you know very, very close look at her eyes, you know, zoomed in as close as they could with technology today, they could see some figures in her eyes reflected in her eyes. So it's just as, as as the human eye would work, it would be reflected within the eye. And those figures were of Juan Diego and the bishop. Yeah. So it's almost like they were captured at the moment when he would present the Toma to the bishop.
0: And that's verified. Wow, that's they used, a bit creepy. They used, yeah. Well, uh, cool, yeah, cool but creepy. <laughs> they used uh, modern technology, and and it's cool. If you go to Amazon, there's a great special on it, and uh, where where they actually show him working on the image and magnifying it by two thousand percent, and then he's able to turn it into a three D image and pull it out and look at it, wow. it as a three D image. It's Amazon? really cool. Really? Yeah, it's on Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's two of them on there. I believe that one was called Our Lady, a Living Image, Guadalupe. Okay. Guadalupe, a Lady or something like that. Look for the Living Image. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it was I was really impressed, and I just played it in the background because it was during work, if I'm in my cubicle, I play stuff like that while sure. I'm working. And And uh, when I heard, you know, that they were, you know, magnifying it by 2,000 percent and causing 3D imaging, I was like. <laughs> yeah wow, sure enough. It's really cool. Yeah. now, what's really fascinating in that special he also found out he was looking at it, and what made no sense to him was he f- saw an african American, and he said that makes no sense whatsoever until he went back and he looked at documents from that time period in that temple, and it turns out that there actually was an African American there, Wow, <laughs> yeah and he he saw that before going to the documents so i mean it's fascinating i mean he could even see like like the the different jewelry that like juan diego had been wearing you know yes
1: yeah reflected in the yeah reflect in the eyes
0: yeah it's fascinating it's mind-blowing
1: they also say that so i don't know if you have a picture of the image but that you know the the stars that are on her on you're represented within her image represent the, the exact constellation that would have been in the sky at that time. Mm. Yeah. So they've they've studied where, you know, see on her mantle, there are stars present there. And they said that those would have been the exact ones in the sky at that time. That's how the exact placement of those stars at that moment. There's well, I'm not quite sure how they do that, but <laughs> yeah. uh, they
0: did
2: that. So this was the image it unveiled when he released the flowers? That's
0: it. Mm-hmm. And that's the actual tilma. Huh. In fact, you can see where that stain I talked about, that's it right there in the upper right-hand corner. I see it, yeah.
2: Now, what is the... Is it a child underneath? What is that?
0: It's actually an angel. An angel. Yeah, carrying her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, what's fascinating, too, is that you see the wings coming out. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she's actually on the wings of a bird. And that, <laughs> that's very significant to the Mexican people because their god would have been Quetzalcoatl. And Quetzalcoatl, as we know, is, is one of their their wind gods down there, a wind mm. serpent. Yes, yeah. Well, obviously, she supersedes it. She's on top of it. So Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very much.
0: Yeah, each one of those, I was going through, and we could spent a whole episode just going through the symbols. Everything in there is symbolically significant to the Mexican people of that time period.
1: The cord that's wrapped or that's tied around her waist up by her hands, that that is a sign that she was with child. So that was a Mexican custom that, that she was with child and certainly is believed that she's carrying the, uh, uh, the, the infant Jesus at that time. She's become a very strong patron saint for the pro-life movement who looked to Our Lady of Guadalupe to help them you in the fight for, for pro-life issues against abortion and other issues uh, that are targeting human life.
0: Yeah. And that the... the well,
2: that being the case, most people in, in Mexico are Catholic, right? It's predominantly Catholic, right? That's why. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, here in America, we seem to have an equally strong, you know, abortion movement. Yeah. Um is that the case in mexico too is it the same there uh you know
1: i don't know a whole lot about what it is now but certainly historically there have been times where religion has been repressed yes. in the early um, part of the 20th century the, the catholic religion was repressed; priests couldn't wear clerics uh you weren't allowed to have church services and it was a very dangerous time to be of a, a person of faith mm-hmm. and so I don't know though if if abortion is I'm is it I don't know I don't know in Mexico I don't know the answer Mm. to that I from what I've understood throughout the ages the government has never been a friend of the of religious faith
2: okay
0: yeah in there or Portugal actually right (laughs) same thing yeah it's
2: just interesting to know what if there's any relation because you know here in America it seems to be abortion is popular and it's a trend. And at the same time, at any given moment in the media, any time the Catholic Church gets an opportunity to be thrown under the bus, they are. Right, you're exactly right. So yeah. it's just interesting to see that.
0: Yeah, agreed. It's everything in there. Again, here's the, here's the information on the, on the eyes like you were talking about, which is cool. Um, another thing is the preparation of it. So if you go, again, back to the image, there is no sign of there being any prep work. So this is a very, very rough cloth, very, very rough cloth. Um, to, to not lay down any kind of prep work ahead of time you know, is, is unheard of. I mean, you would put a base layer down before you would put this on. What's fascinating is the reverse of it is also perfectly imprinted. It goes through the fibers. And there's no sign of brush strokes.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What I love, you know, just a little spiritual devotional part of this. So when she first appeared to Juan Diego and she said, build a chapel here, go to your bishop, tell him. So he goes to the bishop Bishop says, ah, I need proof. So the next day or a day or two later, Juan Diego is going to see his sick uncle again. And he had to pass by this very specific spot where Our Lady of Guadalupe had appeared to him. So he decided it was uh, Mount Tepeyac. He decided that he would not go the same way he had gone before, he would go a different way. And he thought, I'm gonna avoid her, I wanna avoid that lady, I don't have time for her, I gotta go see my sick uncle. Hmm. So, as he's going this different way, she appears and she stops him. And she says, you know, don't worry, your uncle will be fine. You know, am I not your mother, am I not here to care for you? And I love that, is this the same thing? Oh, different, okay, I thought I <laughs> But I love that because, um, you know at least you know in our catholic faith we believe that mary intercedes for us when we need her the most yeah. regardless of where we are regardless if we're trying to avoid her regardless if we want to you know have nothing to do with her she's there and so i love that about juan diego that he she just shows up he's trying to get away from her and she's <laughs> hi <laughs> that's
2: fascinating
0: when, and i believe if i recall right wasn't he uh, avoiding her because he, he was trying to take care of his sick yeah uncle? he was
1: trying to get to his sick uncle and yeah he is yeah. very busy had to get in and, and, and mary said you know don't worry don't worry uh your your uncle's fine so in a case there's a case where she interceded to heal somebody who was sick again las lajas is very interesting because she raised that child um life I'd, I'd never heard of that in any marian apparitions it's very interesting
0: yeah I, again i don't know of too many people who we know about it whatsoever that's why i was fascinating to find that one um just listening to uh to father calloway on his presentation on, on the rosary join us for the rest of the conversation in part two